Paychecks in the Office listeners. You can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. What's up, everyone? It's Chicks in the Office with Rianne Fran, giving you that Friday energy on a Friday. This podcast is presented by Dat Chat. You guys know we love talking to you in Dat Chat. I was just in there uh, a few minutes ago chatting with people about the Jamie Lynn Spears Call Her Daddy interview. A lot of people have, uh, you know, different thoughts from all different angles, yeah. which is fun to read. So make sure you join Dat Chat. You can go to datchat.com slash barstool. You can join the Chicks in the Office group, join Cutting Stems group. Uh, you can do private messaging, no screen recording, no screenshotting. You guys know the spiel by now. So make sure you download Dat Chat. We'd love to talk to you guys on there. It's Friday. Well, it's Thursday, but it's Friday. Yeah. How we doing, Fran? <laughs> Another long week. They start to get uh, January. It's just cold. But you know what I did see that was that gives you a little bit of optimism when it flips you around that I think it was as of like earlier this week, the sun won't set before 5 p.m. until November until we get to November of this year. It's like we're moving the other way. Which oh, is when okay. it's like, you the know what I'm saying? Like, longer. Now yeah, yeah. we're, yeah, like the day is starting to get longer, but now we're past that 5 p.m. mark. Thank God. Because like when it's like dark at 4.30, like that sucks. But yeah, now yeah. we're starting like this week, the sun will always set past yeah. well, 5 p.m. We're very close to summer. <laughs> Basically. I know that people don't like to think of it like that, but we really are. <laughs> like, Basically. Think about how fast time goes by. Even though winter started just, exactly like no, a month no, ago. No, no, but just in life. No, it is true. Time flies by. Yeah. We were just in summer mode, and now it's winter, like that. So think about it. Soon it's going to be summer. We'll be like, yeah. well, remember in January when we were talking about it was almost, uh, it's almost summer? But then when you're in summer, are you going to be like, oh, winter's almost here? No, no I don't that's think when like you that. don't think about I it. You summer just think... until like, November. Time flies. I was in summer mode until November, I would say, this year. I mean, yeah, I guess it, it, it really you just, doesn't just get a mindset cold anymore. Once it starts to get yeah. a little just, chillier. You just got to keep yourself in that mindset. Yeah. It's uh, always it's really uh, For me, it's really da- until daylight savings, like until like the clocks change. Mm-hmm. Which is when? Like, That's around November. End of October, November, I think. So you just skip the entire month of fall. <laughs> fall is summer to me. Fall is just a, <laughs> fall is just a stepping fall stone. Fall is summer too. And spring is part of winter. Spring is part of summer. Spring oh. is spring is pre, spring is so pre summer. summer and then you have summer and then you have post summer and then you have post summer and then you have winter and then winter. So summer's like seventy five percent of the year. Yes, for me, summer is seventy five percent of the year. My parents are about to go to Florida. I'm the very sunny jealous. mindset. They're about to go to Florida for a couple of months. Uh, yeah, I mean that you. That's where my parents are as well. I'm going to take some visits down there for sure. Yeah, definitely love to go go see them. My grandpa's down there also and like we have a big group chat that's my dad's whole side of the family it's like 25 ish people uh no it can't be that it's like 20 ish people and the and my grandpa just like at random texts us the weather and in Florida, just to let us all know it's 77 and sunny. That's real nice. Yeah, it's not, it's like, just, to, just to let us know yeah, us freezing in that's the snow nice. over here. I'm like, it's sleeting here, but we did that's get, nice. We did get some snow today. Yeah. I, 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 when, when it snows like that, though, 
it's a yeah, it it's such raining, a tease. Right, it was I raining right that. before too. Like it when like it's like of... when it's like thirty four degrees and snowing, and you know it's not going to stick, and then it's going to be like rainy. That's the worst kind Guys, of snow. I fucked up so bad the last time it snowed. I have a car now. Oh no! As of this you left past summer. Oh no God. no no! I just never got a snow uh, swiper. Whatever oh, they're called. I, I didn't yeah, for like ice and stuff. No, 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 for for just when your entire car gets covered with snow. Yeah, and yeah. You got to drive yeah, it. Yeah, ice, yeah. snow, whatever. Yeah, my car was parked on the street. I had to go in it, and I wasn't home. Yeah, and so I didn't. I didn't have any other cars around me yeah. to grab one of those. And I was like, oh fuck! I like my whole entire your car windshield was covered. wipers couldn't. Do I it. no, it was like no, real snow, bad. It was like snow. fully covered in snow. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I used my arm. I used yeah. a shoe I had in my in my trunk. Yep. Um, I then uh, Devin and I were like, "All right, let's go park and eat lunch and park this car in the sun, and just have it melt, melt. off." You could put like the uh, what's it called? The, yeah, I put the that on. That helped a little bit. We went and ate uh, lunch, and then we got back, and the car was completely melted. I was like, I couldn't have driven home with what the condition it was in because yeah. your arm and a shoe is not doing not much gonna, at all. No, like all my no. other, like the the rear view, everything yeah. was covered. In everything snow. covered, in and snow. I still have yet to acquire one, so I'm gonna have to do that like today. Yeah, that's you should definitely get one of those. But can I say, getting a car was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. That was a good decision. Like my and parents it's were a good hesitant. decision because you you really like you drive a lot. I drive all the all time. time. Like I drive into work yeah. more than I ever thought I was going to do. Yeah. Um I find it extremely easy. Before this, I had never driven in the city before yeah. before I got my car. Then finally I was like I'm going to do it. I find it to be so easy. Um But if you and you're just in the a, city, like you, you like driving if, if so moved, much more than you would rather drive here than take the train here. Yes. So yeah. that's the thing. I drive. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I have, you can't remember take the, the last time I took the train. Yeah. Yeah. But I also want to talk about this. You mentioned moving back to the city. So the other day, I woke up to a plethora of DMs and and such tweets, DMs, comments. Yeah, where's Norman? You you got rid of Norman. <laughs> I like, was one of them. <laughs> yeah, Noah was one of them. He was like, hold up the paper. Today's paper I said, next to Norman right next now. To his face. Oh Not my an old god. Video. And I've talked about this on Chicks in the Office before, but I will reiterate for the people. It does that feel do like every three months you have to be like, I know, so I guys, Norman's in. all right. Like, I swear. I, I Norman lives with me at my parents' house. Yes, I also could very much afford to live on my own i also want that out there yeah. because people after i put up on my instagram story that i was like oh norman lives with me and my parents so many comments being like oh wow you can't like afford to live on your own which first of all if you can't that's not an insult to you it's like not at all especially at this age like there are many 24 year olds yeah. and and whatever that live with their parents it's not an insult at all so i'm not trying to make it seem that way i can afford to live on my own I'm just choosing not to right now mm-hmm. because I have it made yeah. <laughs> at my parents' house right now. Um, I enjoy my family's company. I also enjoy the fact that I can have many places to sleep as well because my yeah. friends that live in the city. And I'm in no rush. I like to save money at home. I did not live at home for m- many years. Yeah. Um, and it's so that's that's another you're, thing. It's you're like you're accumulating just, money now. Yeah, yeah. she's she's mooching. Uh, yeah, I'm mooching yeah. off my parents. She's mooching, and she's I like mooch- it. And and it's working. She's and, mooching off her parents. She's mooching off Devin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mooch off Devin uh, multiple times a week. Yeah. Um, but it's more so like I. For me, it justifies it that I lived 
out of my parents' house in my own apartment this is for the years. Thing. You don't because need I to know. justify it, though. No, no, I know. Like, I even don't. if you, even but, if you've lived at home your entire life, yeah, you don't need like, to justify you really it. Don't my even need siblings to justify. are thirty and twenty-seven, still live at home, yeah, like, and I, they you know, have not left. I just want you to know that they're. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to put any pressure on yourself to defend yourself right. of like you know right. you left earlier than most people yes. and. Which is which you did but happen, sometimes but people make you feel that way. Yeah, but, I know, but fuck them. You right. want to? You live at home because you want to live. I at like home. living at home. Yep. Sue me. And yep. I, but I, I just, I know how to operate on my own. Yeah. Right. It's not like I've like you know, you know, not giving shade to my siblings, but like right, they're gonna in the same building. <laughs> you have <laughs> fled the nest. I have, you fled have the gone nest back before. to the nest, but you have left. I have left, before. and I know how to operate on my own, and I know how to pay bills, and I know how to yeah. have an apartment, and yeah. I know how to do my laundry. Remember the time that you. Me and some other, and Dana and another person, we went to sign our leases together because yeah, we, we were did. in the same building. There was a period of time where Noah, Dana, like and I years. lived in the same building. <laughs> yeah, very strange. That feels like ten years. It ago. does. It, it does. feels like another lifetime. But yeah, so I, I know this turned into a whole thing of me still living at home. But I just want everyone to know that Norman is safe. But <laughs> just because I don't Norman post him constantly does not mean that Norman is not having the time of his life. Because let me tell you, yeah. that puppy is not a puppy anymore is happier than he has ever been. Yeah. Like, he gets treated... My whole house revolves around Norman. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all my parents care about. Like, it, I just don't post because, I don't know, I feel weird sometimes posting him for obvious reasons. Yeah. And that's really it. I Understood. I think people can absolutely understand that as well. Right. Norman used to have two parents. Now he has one parent. Now he has one parent. <laughs> and... And uh, and a lot of one parent and one parent has her entire family. (laughs) Yeah, and the one parent doesn't want to post a lot about the child all over the internet. Yep, you're basically Brian Austin Green. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, am I? No, No, you're Megan Fox. You're Megan Fox. Like you're Megan Fox, and you're just like just because I'm not posting my kids doesn't mean I'm not with them. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Norman is. Norman, I am Megan Fox. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's Norman's great. He's very loved, more loved than ever. And yeah. I want everyone to know that because it makes me sad when people think that I would just like give Norman up like that. Like no. they think that I would just give him to a random person and you like just put him in a paper bag, yeah, leave people, him on someone's doorstep. Oh my like, God. Uh, they, Unbelievable. They thought that I like put him up for adoption. I would never do that. Yeah. That like that just wouldn't happen. So I don't know. Whatever. I just it's like that YouTuber who returned her. Kid. But like that's yeah, also a, like but when, that happens with a lot of YouTubers. Like that's also when you know because people speculate. People do speculate about that all the time. It, the uh, the Jones brothers like happened all the time. Like Nick had this dog, and you and we'd oh, see the dog, and then we'd be I like, "Where that. the fuck did this dog go, Elvis?" Yeah. We're like, "Where is Elvis?" I mean, you had a whole account and there was like always Norman. people like asking about Elvis, like, mm. "Where is Elvis?" Oh. And then I think they eventually had to clarify that I think he went to like go live with Nick's parents. I'm not positive. Yeah, but mm. see, but that's okay because yeah, he's still in the family. Yes, like yes, Norman yes. being with my parents is all right. If yeah. I just left Norman to a random family, right? Then I would understand everyone being right, upset. Right, right. But that's yeah. not the case. No, that is not the case. He lives where you live. Yes. Uh, well, anyways, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah, I want. I like doing a little life, life Absolutely. update. Not that anything's yeah. changed. Hey, I got I got an apartment. Life oh yeah, no got no an apartment. apartment. And is getting his wisdom teeth out next week. <laughs> and yeah. pray for send your prayers. Yes. Yeah, and he's getting his wisdom to teeth nasty out. teeth guy. Nasty teeth guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, we don't have yeah, to talk yeah. about it for long, it but there was a po- there was just a podcast review of. Somebody. Can I read it just for? Yeah, long? yeah, read it. You can. I, read I it. think it's funny because it's funny to be to be honest. Obviously, 
we have the people that love and support us no matter what. Yes. Right? We have our listeners. We love you guys. We and appreciate we love you guys. You and we love yes. you so much. And, and we know that you trump these comments. Right. Which is exactly. why we don't really focus on them unless they're actually just hilariously no, written, I really, which is this one. I really right. read this the other night by myself and was laughing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they're very funny. And we, you know, we understand constructive criticism as well. This one is not one of those reviews. This no, is no, just no. a straight there up. There are some that are constructive criticism, which we can take. And there are some that's just like you've never listened to us a day in the life, a day in your life. And you pick an episode to listen to where we're like a little off the rails and there's no coming back from there. No, there's none. <laughs> and, and that's why we find it funny. And that's why we're going to read this one because yeah. genuinely made us all laugh very, very hard. And now Noah has a new nickname. Um, okay. So I think sometimes people listen to us like for bat, like people are like, oh, you got to listen to their bachelor recap. And the fir- that was a bachelor was, recap. It, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. It was, just a, me. it was a bachelor recap, which is why I'm like, some people listen to the bachelor recap and they're like, yeah. why the fuck are these idiots talking about their lives? <laughs> it is tough. For so long. It is tough when the normal listeners are, it's not the normal listeners listening to the, the bachelor, bachelor recap. Yeah, it's exactly. Just oh, I saw one comment like, the yeah. actual recap starts at this time. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so pissed it's like, at me. You gotta understand. <laughs> oh, but man. whatever. The the subject line is annoying pick me girls don't waste your time. Yeah. Uh, they go off topic way too much. I only listened to part of the January 11, 2022 episode. I couldn't get past 20 minutes. Here's why. The guy going into detail about his nine cavities, wisdom teeth that need to be pulled, root canal that could permanently damage his nerve, and everyone thinking they're cute and quirky, she wrote, not quirky, for not going to the dentist for 10 plus years was disgusting. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't eating because I'd projectile vomit. There are people who do eat and listen to podcasts, but the hosts clearly don't care. I don't even know why they have nasty teeth guy on the podcast. His voice is not pleasant. And every time he speaks, I just think of his nasty teeth with with years of built up plaque I for real want to throw up the girls are annoying constantly changing the subject deaf pick me girls vibes take your ADHD meds Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> Which, thank you thank you like you know what it's just having no idea who Noah is and thinking he's like the, our third co-host <laughs> is hilarious and just well, yeah. referred to as nasty teeth guy but like and I- I'll defend you you would never know you have problems with your teeth because you have pretty nice teeth. But I would like this my record. So I went to a new yeah. dentist today, and he's like, you have to get your wisdom teeth out. But the root canal is because of my wisdom teeth pushing against it. Yeah, it's not because yeah. I like... It's your teeth aren't covered It's not in like black. I'm just like <laughs> drinking sugar. Like, yes. It's because I have all You've these other problems. You've never gotten your wisdom teeth out. For and somebody that sees Noah every day, you have very nice teeth from nice the teeth. outside looking in. That's yeah. what the people, when they were cleaning it, said. And I would, like all. I had so many people being like, because you brought it up, like, I got mine checked, and now, like, yeah. I had this. And Natalie went to the dentist that I went to today, and they were like, who do you know? Like, I gave wow, her the... maybe you should get a discount code. I know. And then, I no, there's another <laughs> Barcelona employee going code. now. I, and then I think someone else... There might be, like, five people going. I mean, you me. should get a little discount she, on the next like, time you go for like, how oh. many patients you're referring. They were like, who do you know? And she's like, oh, Noah? And they, were, they like, made a face, and were like... Oh yeah, we know Noah. <laughs> <laughs> we know nasty teeth. We know guys. nasty teeth. Last time I went there, they were like all like saying hi to me when I walked in. <laughs> they just feel bad for you. Yeah, they're probably like, there goes. Oh, uh, there goes guy. nasty teeth guy again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a quick movie update. Two things I want to talk about because I watched both of them. One, this is we have not talked about this in a while, but I realized I never brought it up, and this is a total like Trent movie review. I watched Don't Look Up. Oh, I thought you were going to say King Richard. I well, Yes, yeah, I did yeah. watch King Richard as well, but I watched Don't Look Up and? like two weeks ago. Good movie. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I Like, 
it definitely was a little long. What? But like it felt a little long. It felt like I like I when I I know that it's too long when I end up pressing pause just to see how much just time's how, left. Yeah. And when it says like there's an hour left, I'm like I'm oh, not gonna man. lie. I'm like I fuck. Did that Harry I was like there's an <laughs> hour left. Yeah, I mean that's that's super fair. Chamber of Secrets is long, but um, I honestly did it during King Richard too. Like I was like was there's a long one. that was also but long. Those were but both really good movies. But don't look up. I liked. Yeah. I I I, I don't. I guess maybe just because it's like, it was clearly very, had very political undertones yeah. that because we live in a divided world and it got divided reviews. But like, I, but, I know a ton of people who would side with yeah, that. Yeah, who still thought it was and funny. But I was going to say- Who thought know, it was good. Who, thought, no, I was gonna who say, thought it was bad. Who thought it was oh. bad. Like, oh, I, oh, I know oh, that oh. like, I know left people who were like, I hated that movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yes. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that that is the only, the only thing- but I could see, yeah, like... I did, I did not love it. I could see... Because I was just like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Like, it just felt like the there was no twist. There was no turn. But I yeah. think that's, that's kind the of the point. It's like, I, oh, like... But that's, all, the whole, that's the whole point. Like, yeah, the like world's we, just going to end if we don't... Because we just like, all sit on our asses and don't do anything about saving yeah. the earth. And we're all probably going to die. You, like, <laughs> pretty much that's probably what's going to happen anyway. Because nobody's ever going to be on the same page. Like, just straight up. Well, that's what I'm nobody's saying. Nobody's like, ever movie, going to be on the same page yeah. to think about do it. There was some one that, thing that everyone I felt like that movie actually very much represented how nobody gives... Like, nobody cares enough about climate change i'm okay with the world ending okay and this this is by the way nothing to do with climate change i okay. don't want people to think i'm yes. like a climate change truther that is yeah. not where i'm going with this yeah just a personal preference i'm okay with the world ending if we all die together because i don't want to die before everyone else because i would feel left out super fair i could see like the meteor gets announced or whatever we talk about it on like one episode and then we just go and back then we to just like, go back yeah. to talking about <laughs> like, jamie and Brittany. so bachelor recap like no yeah. it, it's spot on it, it's no it was it was totally spot on with just like and the way that they did the news and like everything they're like it it was spot on and um yeah i mean i didn't love it like it wasn't fantastic but i enjoyed it and king richard and king richard very phenomenal good. Yeah, i like i think i, I thought king richard tears. was fantastic i gotta watch that one everyone's yeah. talking will about smith that. That was one of his best yeah. acting and the performances. Girls who played Zena, Ser- Venus Serena. and Serena yeah. were really good yeah. too. But I really felt like that was one of Will Smith's best performances. I know, like everybody was talking about gunning for his. I think he won a Golden Globe for this, right? I think he did, yeah. Not that like it's like the Golden Globes didn't even happen, but I think he might have. Wait, people were saying what about him? No, because there was a lot of talk about pushing this role for him for Oscar, but oh, for oh. for an Oscar nom and things like that. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch it to see just how, yeah. uh, how that's just like a feel good movie. Compared- feel yeah, like. it was great. Yeah. It was great. And Maybe like I'll you watch had- this weekend, it was really. And sure. you know, you get to see all the clips, uh, like the actual clips yeah. of Venus and Serena at the, at the end. Yeah. And everyone obviously knows who Venus and Serena are, but that time, right? Like that peak that was like story. 1994. So that's like I was born in 1994. So. You don't live to see those moments. You you hear about them like on a broadcast. Say you're watching tennis, and they're like, "Oh, you know, yeah. th- when Venus was X age and this happened." And you don't really, you're not really paying attention to that. And then yeah. watching the movie, you're like, "Damn, that is really fucking wild." What tennis? they were both able to participate in, uh, to accomplish. Do, tennis? Yeah. Do I play tennis? Or like, can you? Yes. Oh, you do. I can. Yeah. Yes, because uh, my nono in florida plays tennis every single day yeah and when i go there he makes me play tennis with him are you good yeah. are you i'm not good. terrible i you wouldn't have a say backhand though uh serve 
no, I'm not good at serving, but I'm good at, yeah, backhand, I guess. Backhand is this one. Mm. Oh. This is forehand. Wait, what did you do? Is... Well, this, but I, I do. Double. I usually, I usually do one hand. That's oh, what I'm I saying. usually do too. I know, like, oh, oh, oh. that's you why. Just I, do, if you're one really hand good, that yeah. way. Both ways. Wait, what? No, no, that's her right hand. Yeah, that's the yeah. correct hand. Yeah, from one hand. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm talking back. about a forehand. Yeah. With this, which is your dominant yeah. hand, your dominant side, and yeah. then backhand is. Yeah. Two I'm hands. usually no, but, but, like, but like I Federer I don't play only by does one hand yeah backhand. I, backhand. I don't yeah. I, I don't play by the normal rules. Yes, I'm yes, just yes. out there having fun. When I'm doing it, I'm like this, and I'm like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah. No, I feel like it'd be funny. You're playing like you're playing like ping pong. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm playing ping pong tennis. You're playing like ping pong. Um, yeah, I, I actually am planning on going to Florida in March and. Uh, I think Devin's going to come with me and we'll vlog it and I'll put the tennis playing in there. Fantastic. I would I would like to see that. It'd be pretty funny. I get tennis elbow every time. What's that? Like extending? Yeah. It, it I just got, hurts your elbow. Yeah. I got a pretty good serve. I have weak lie. wrists. So every time like this, I play. dainty little wrists. I have, ba- I have a bat. Like I grip the racket and the end of the tennis racket like when you're swinging like digs into my wrist. And I always get a bruise every I, time. The smell of tennis balls is one of the best smells It is a good smell. Oh, brand new can. Oh, yeah. That is a good smell. You're right. Yeah. Well, that was... I never thought about that that much. Oh. Okay, shall we do topics? <laughs> yeah, we shall. Okay. Glad we got a little tennis talk in there. Yeah. So we're going to get into the show. We are going to do a very deep dive into the Jamie Lynn Spears Call Her Daddy interview. And then we have our own interview with Laura Morano. Uh, you guys may know her from Austin Alley, Disney Channel. She has a new Netflix movie coming out, The Royal Treatment. We wanted to talk about other topics, but I think we're going to save that for Monday and really just dive deep into this interview because it's a lot to dissect. As you guys know, we'll watch anything E puts out at this point. We love reality TV. We eat it up, and you guys should too. Right now, E is releasing a new TV show all about celebrity rich kids. Celebrity parents having their kids being dropped off on some farm. It's called Relatively Famous Ranch Rules. It's drama-filled. There's romance. It's rich kid drama. You know we love rich kid drama because we're not rich and we're not kids. So, (laughs) I mean... It doesn't matter. They're not kids. They're like our age too. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's besides the point. You know what I'm saying? We have not lived the life that these people have lived. So it's great to get an inside look to these people. Relatively Famous Ranch Rules is coming to E! Starting in January. Only on E! Make sure you check it out. Everybody loves the drama. So part one and part two of the Jamie Lynn Spears Call Her Daddy interview has been released. We have watched both parts. Before we get into the Jamie Lynn Spears aspect of it... I want to mention, because I see people talk about this on Dat Chat, and obviously, like, I'm sure not the people only on Dat Chat have this question. I'm sure people Mm -hmm. listening in general do. They're like, what are your thoughts on Alex Cooper? What are your thoughts? I think Alex did an amazing job with this Mm -hmm. interview, truthfully. Like, it is so hard to sit down with somebody like Jamie Lynn Spears of that stature, that family, Britney Spears, something so serious. Like, this is such a personal issue that has been public for so long. And I think Alex handled it beautifully. Like, so calm. The questions she asked, she was so prepared. I thought she did a great job. I thought she did a great job also. I was more skeptical. I will say I was more skeptical after part one. Mm -hmm. Because part one, I was like, it was very child, like it was very book focused, childhood focused, which understood this, like it was an interview, you know, for the book. They're talking about the book. So... After I watched part one, I was like, I do hope she pushes her a little bit mm-hmm. because we're very much getting the Jamie Lynn 
sob story yeah. in part one, which is fair. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that that's not valid because I think her mm-hmm. life was very tough as a growing up. And so for part two, I was like, I hope that Alex pushes her a little bit. And she definitely did. And I think she did even more um, as part of the, the Zoom yeah. extra part where, like, in the moment, it is very hard when you're interviewing someone and you ask the question that you have planned and they give you an answer and you're like, well, she just gave me an answer, but is that answer good enough? It's hard to compute that in real time. And I think she was really good at asking that question, getting an answer. And then in the zoom being like, I asked you this question, but thinking back on like your answer, it was really very vague. Can you go into more Mm -hmm. detail? So I thought that was, I thought that was really uh, I thought that was yeah. really good too. I, thought, she I think she uh, asked good follow up questions, and I'll also say this: I saw people being like, "Why would she have Jamie Lynn Spears on the podcast? Why would she give her that platform?" Right. If Jamie Lynn Spears asked to come on Chicks in the Office after all of this happened with Britney Spears, we would have Jamie Lynn Spears on this podcast. And yeah. not to say that we're like one hundred percent on her side or anything like that. Just because you interview somebody does not mean that you're like 100% taking their side or people are like, well, why would they give her a platform? Jamie Lynn Spears is going to find a platform no matter what. Jamie Lynn Spears is Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney Spears' sister. Like, she's going to have a platform. So it's not like giving like a terrible fucking human being a platform that like shouldn't have one or has never had the access to have one. Jamie Lynn Spears would have access. She was on Good Morning America. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think you can blame Alex no. for having her on here. And especially everyone's talking about it. We're getting answers. Yeah, I mean, We're why would you not want to why would you not want to be the person right. to help facilitate that conversation because clearly she wants to tell her side. And and like you said, she's going to tell her side. She's gonna tell it no matter what. Right. So it's like I I don't I didn't see why everyone was like why you know why Look, would I will, she I, is, and I think it's because a a lot of the people that are so far on Britney's side have just cannot see Jamie Lynn mm-hmm. for anything else than a terrible person like that's you know yeah. that's it there's right. there's no some for some people there's absolutely no seeing Jamie Lynn's side of any of this. Yeah, and, and that's I, that's going to be the case for yeah. anything. And I think that I think that's just a, a kind of a sad way to look at anything. Except obviously, if one right. person it's is just, so, it's, it's just like the uh, stand culture right. anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. But it, it's in terms yeah. of like if one person is so obviously wrong, right? Like somebody murders somebody, you're like, yeah, everyone's going to be on that the the side of that person is a terrible human being. Right. That person murdered somebody. We are not on that person's side. When right. it comes to something like this, you could still be Team Britney but understand aspects of Jamie Lynn Spears' story and her life that could be true and also still, like, be rooting for Britney and being on her side and, and whatnot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you no, don't do. have to be I totally, do, yeah. oh, if I'm Team Britney, then I can't even listen to what Jamie Lynn Spears has to say. Then how do we get anywhere, ever, if we never listen to any other side? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and... And it also proves that, like, Jamie Lynn and Brittany aren't going to get anywhere themselves without talking, actually talking, which whether that happens or not, I don't know. But this is the thing, you know, Brittany all week long has been posting responses to this situation, to response to part one of the of the interview, which clearly Brittany really didn't like. Mm hmm. 
She, you know, she wants, she's she had quotes like she should have slapped Jamie Lynn and and Mama in the face when this when these things were happening, referencing that knife story again that has been brought up a bunch of times. And I don't part one of the interview, which really did focus on you know Jamie Lynn's younger years, is really just a reminder of what I felt like we were saying on Monday when we were talking about this that. Like, there is a 10-year age difference between them. And Jamie Lynn remembers things differently than Brittany remembers things. And Jamie Lynn's like, that, that's how, that was my experience. That's how I remember these stories. And Brittany remembers them differently. And I think right now, Brittany may be having a hard time separating the past from the present. Because she is finally able to speak for herself and put her thoughts out there and talk about her family and it feels like she has had all this built up resentment for so long that she is still lashing out about things that happened 15 years ago when she's never really been able to speak about them and like going back to talking about you know like she didn't like that Jamie Lynn had said that she didn't understand why Brittany was going to buy their mom a house so that she would divorce their dad and Jamie was like I didn't really get that and like for Brittany she she's like why are we talking about this again because at the time for Brittany it made sense so she's getting pissed off again that all this stuff is being brought back up which is fair and it'll we'll be able to say it every time the timing of the book coming out is still very sus no matter what the timing of the book coming out is is going to be like people are going to scratch their heads at mm-hmm. that but Jamie Lynn saying I have a right to talk about how I felt and have and what happened ha- during those experience on from my point of view. She's right. Like she she yeah. she can. I think that she can was do um, it. one of the big things that stood out to me during the part 2 was uh her saying like because Britney Spears is Britney Spears, it's like everyone should just listen to Britney Spears, right? Mm. And they kind of write off Jamie Lynn as like her younger sister and and whatever. And we're not in that position to know what that feels like. And I'm sure it was hard for Jamie Lynn to grow up as Britney Spears' sister, no matter if they didn't. And she said this, they didn't pit themselves against each other. Yeah, the world did. But the world and your family, of course, they're going to do that, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just a human nature. And so I'm not saying on, I'm totally on Jamie Lynn Spears' uh, side here. It's like, I am right now, obviously, we're, we're rooting for Britney Spears. We always have been rooting for Britney Spears. I think that they're both in not great places. I think yeah. that they both have a lot of problems mm-hmm. in their life that they have not figured out. One, because Britney Spears has been in a conservatorship for half of her life at this point and hasn't been able to function on her own and has been dealing with this for so many years. Mm. Jamie Lynn being... Uh, Britney's sister and uh, she was pregnant at 17 years old her show ended then all of a sudden she's now responsible for her older sister and she even read a text message that Britney said to her was like I've always needed you more than you needed me and Jamie was like I need her Mm -hmm. but like I understand what she's saying so I just think it's it's and you know I'm guilty of being like Jamie Lynn Spears is full of bullshit I've said it multiple times Mm -hmm. before um, but I feel like I kind of, you know, maybe there is some bullshit there, right? Yeah. And, of course, there's some things that I think that she may be lying about. And I think because the girl from Zoe 101 was saying she's lying and you have Britney saying she's lying, I think 
definitely she could be lying about some things but are other things truthful and is how she felt growing up and how she was treated by her family and what she's saying true yes i think that she very well could have had a very you know not great life growing up and was yeah. treated poorly by her parents and her dad who seems like a very bad man and her mom who doesn't seem great either like it could and she said this as well her experience could also be bad like yeah. It does not just because Britney Spears had such a bad experience doesn't mean Jamie Lynn had a good one. Yeah. And I think that's where the lines get blurred and it's always everyone's always picking one side or the other. When I think you can be in the middle of this and say there's issues on both sides right now with both sisters. Yeah, it's just it's just gotten really sad at this point because it does really seem like they've both had a lot of trauma from their childhoods because they have shitty parents. Yes. Like, and and they have the same, like they talk about they have the same parents and Jamie Lynn made this um, analogy during part one. She said like the family was this ship, like this giant ship and she was the dinghy hanging off the back of the ship, like hanging on for dear life, just like trying to navigate. You know, she's not being told anything. She's the baby. She's talking about finding out about Brittany shaving her head from the blogs and like being at a friend's house and having no idea what's going on. So yes, of course, in those times, like you have a 16 year old girl who's clearly being very neglected by her parents. Brittany's the focus here. They've been thrust into fame. They don't know how to handle the fame. They they're at the beginning. They're still living in their house in Louisiana. Like fame was so different. Like she said back then with social media, you were either like nobody cared about you or you were either mega famous and everyone knew who you were because your face was everywhere yeah and the tabloid so their whole family just became so famous so fast and they had no idea what they were doing and i think all of them became like very self-centered and selfish in their own in their own lives like i think they all just started to really care like what about me what about me what about me and that turned into like you battle you end up battling your siblings. You're fighting for mm-hmm. attention. You want your parents' attention, but it's going to one kid. It's not going to the other kid. Yeah. And Jamie Lynn, I think, was really affected by that. And then, like she said, when she turned, she has she has her baby. She's really young, and this is in her entire adult life is when is all she's known is Brittany being in in this conservatorship. And I just think that she never stepped out of her own life to look into what that even meant because in it seemed normal and her parents probably told her it was normal yeah i i agree and i think that people think that 17 years old is older than it really is yeah right like if you think back to when you were 17 to now i think my whole mindset has changed completely yeah about how i think about the world and just in general and so I think when you're like you're 17, you're learning that you're she's like she said, she's having a baby. Her whole world has been rocked. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. Um, and then obviously I feel bad. I just felt bad for both of them while watching this. And you could say, oh, you guys were, you know, you're buying your her bullshit story. It's yeah, like, yeah, you got to have some compassion for people. And also yeah. put yourself in right. their shoes rather than... She's ju- not that good of an actor. No. And and rather just sitting online... <laughs> she looked so emotional. Yeah. She really did. Rather than just sitting online and just like... Because um, I feel like before we had this job and I would see 
like things happen in, in celebrity world, mm. pop culture, whatever. You would judge what's happening, but you don't put them yourself in, in their mm. shoes and you don't say, what if I was, that was happening to me? You just don't do that. You're just like watching on the outside. Now I feel like both of us now think about about it a lot more like what if we were in that position and when I was watching this I teared up a little bit thinking about my sister and I like if we were fighting this bad right Mm. and publicly like I get embarrassed when even my friends know about my sister and I fighting and like it's it's heartbreaking like that's your family like when you put it down to Mm. it like family is the most important thing that you have in your life because it's the only thing that really stays consistent right it's like everything else in the world in my opinion, can go to shit as long as I have my family and, like, I could be, whatever, do something bad, whatever. I know my family always has my back. Yeah. In their shoes, they don't have parents like that. Yeah. You know? They don't have parents that are always going to have their back. They don't have good parents that raise them right or or not even right, but just, like... It, it doesn't seem like they had a substantial comfort zone in their life ever. Mm-hmm. So to see two sisters that could very well get along and have their each other's backs and probably come out stronger if they came together. It's terrible to see them just fight like this and have two different sides of the story and they can't come to terms on it because Jamie Lynn's upset about what her sister's saying about her lying, saying she's lying. And then Brittany, I think at this point, and you said this earlier, looks at everyone like an enemy now. Yeah. Because she has been placed in this spot for so yeah. long. I think she doesn't know who to trust. She and 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 rightfully so, right? right? Like you I, can't blame her. She doesn't know that. who to trust, and like when she says family, like it, she thinks her, you know, her her sisters talking to her parents, and we'll talk about this text message. But you know, clearly, once Jamie Lynn did kind of, as she claims, get involved, you could almost see if Brittany was aware of that, where Brittany would be like, oh, she's talking to dad. Like this could be like from the this could be coming from his side. You never know. But there were there was a couple things from part two that I really want to point out that. She said there was she talked about this trip to Hawaii mm-hmm. that they had gone on where it was really like one of the first times Brittany expressed her concern that she like wanted out of her situation. And Jamie Lynn definitely very vaguely was like, I, you know, I tried to talk to a lawyer. Uh, I tried to I have I tried to like work my connections, have her talk to judges, see what happened. And that how like she pissed people off by doing that. And word got back to the quote unquote conservatorship. And everything she was saying was thrown back at her. Um, And she also, she kept referencing this, which I honestly, I don't know the legal truth of this. I don't know if this is true at all. If it's not true at all, uh, we would need someone who is a little bit more well-versed in conservatorship law to tell us. But she was claiming that, that if Brittany had just moved out of California and established residency in another state, that the conservatorship in California would be absolved. If that's true, that's wild because I I don't really know how like that like that hasn't been discussed yeah. in the press or any of these, you know, podcasts or lawyers that have really like dug into conservatorship law that like, oh, you can get out of a conservatorship if you just move to another state and like establish residency by living there for 6 months out of the year. Like it's like w- w- that's all she needed to do. Like, I, so that's that, too easy. That seemed like too easy if that really is the situation. Um, and another thing she did kind of jo- uh, dodge was like Alex asking why after these things have happened and the Free Britney movement is taking off, why she didn't speak out on social and use her voice like on that platform. 
she kind of dodged that question. She didn't really answer it. She sort of she just reiterated what she said that like she did have she did try to help Brittany and that there were times when Brittany would have her phone number blocked um, and that she was like just trying to deal with her own dynamics in their relationship. Like she didn't know like where she and Brittany stood themselves to be speaking out on on social. I guess is really what she meant. And she also said that she was never involved in the conservatorship. When we were all talking about the documents that said uh, Brittany wants Jamie Lynn to be the head of this trust in case anything happens to her, to be in charge of this trust that would be for her boys, that Brittany did ask for that to happen and that Jamie Lynn never followed through with that process. Um, And the Zoom is when she clarified that and said she didn't do that because at the time that was still all under the conservatorship and she didn't want to be involved in it at all whether it was like for a good thing because in my mind when I she said that I was like it's kind of a weird thing to not follow through on like if your sister says like hey I want you to take care of this money that is for my sons Mm. that you wouldn't be like yeah of course and which I guess she did immediately like her first (laughs) I guess her first reaction was that and then you know she claims that it was all still under the conservatorship so she didn't want to so she didn't want to be involved with absolutely anything that had to do with that which is when the zoom she goes into zoom this is from january 18th later in the day she had they ha- she has not spoken to her sister since the interview has aired or since she even sat down for the interview uh last week that she's tried to talk to her she's apparently been blocked for a while um and that she's received christmas gifts from her but there hasn't really been any communication between the two of them besides on social media that's where i find it upsetting that britney and i don't want to like this is this is where it gets tricky right because once again i have to keep reiterating that we are on britney's side and we're rooting for britney so that people don't attack us but you can point out flaws in the situation and say right i think it's kind of messed up that Brittany keeps posting all of it on social media and like directing things towards Jamie. And we Mm -hmm. read that post, but not talking to her directly over the phone or texting or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's It's one thing to say it on social media and also say it it privately. But if you're never saying it privately, then I think that's also a problem. Like, I think there's problems on both sides. Mm. I feel terrible for Brittany, obviously, because this has changed her life dramatically obviously you know she was a the biggest star in the world but then you get hit with something like this and your life is controlled for so many years you're not gonna be okay right after that things are gonna be weird i think britney's lost all sense of trust in in her family and right and like we said rightfully so so. like i wouldn't trust anyone either if my whole life revolved around people controlling me and trying to take advantage of me and take my money and use my fame and whatever else it is i would also have problem trusting people and there are many situations that you or I could say where you take things out on other people because you're mad and even though they're trying to clear their name, you'll still be mad at them or yeah. whatever it is just because you're angry. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where this is happening with Brittany and Jamie right now. Like Jamie definitely could have done things wrong mm. and could have lied about things and we don't know what those are at this point because everything is just all over the place. But it also seems like Brittany really won't just listen to her either because she's writing everybody yeah. off in the family yeah and i and i think bernie's very upset that yeah these stories from when they were younger are coming through the eyes of jamie lynn 
Yes. Right? Like, I think she's very upset that these stories are being told from Jamie Lynn's side, which is, and like Jamie Lynn is saying herself, I have a right to tell my side of the story. Okay, but do you, should you be telling your side of the story before Brittany gets to tell her side of the story? Which is where you, I always fall on the side of like, Brittany hasn't been able to tell her side. And now we're just getting Jamie Lynn's whole life story, which right. I, like the question is, should have Jamie, should Jamie have waited right until like, Brittany was able to really talk about things to yeah. put out this book? Yeah. And, and, and then it raises yeah. the question, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, does that make it seem like Brittany's more important than Jamie? No, it's just that Brittany has been silenced right. for so many years right. that maybe let's give her a chance to talk a little bit. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm sure there are times when Jamie Lynn could have put out this book. Yes. In years past or in years future. But she pulls up a text message uh, because Alex did ask her to clarify the Hawaii story and like how she actually if she has any proof that she did get involved. And so she says she texted Brittany and she texted her boyfriend um, and on two set like she sent the text to Brittany and then she said in the morning she sent it to her boyfriend just she like didn't know if she was blocked or she's been blocked or whatever and this was November 11 2020 um she wrote please read important info that you should know because it seems concerning to me one mom and her lawyers have been in constant contact with Sam Ingram Brittany's lawyer about everything and I first found that strange and Sue and mom are not even speaking I did not understand why mom would be involving herself or inserting her opinion to your lawyer especially if you do not ask her to I quickly realized mom's focus has been on dad and her personal attack on him instead of you and what you need I think she has your lawyer fighting more for her agenda than yours and it's only delaying your progress and costing you more money if Sam tries to deny working with mom's lawyers or his constant contact with mom, that we can all get on the phone. I'll be sure he admits the truth because I have read the messages and heard the conversations. He also made so many mistakes at this last court date, which is why you were denied once again. I don't know if he did such a bad job on purpose, but it's strange that a lawyer would leave so many holes in his petition, which made it an easy denial. He is trying to create an ongoing fight with someone who isn't trying to fight, and it's clear Sam loves the intention he's getting from your public legal battle, and he goes out of his way to keep his false narrative going so that he can continue to put on a show in the courtroom to get all the press he wants from your court dates and he absolutely loves all the attention he gets from free Britney fans he thinks it's his fan club now which is so weird to me also I will never forget the time we were in Hawaii and I was trying to help you figure out your conservatorship situation and you called Sam for his help and he sat there and listened to us but soon as we hung up he immediately called dad and said that I needed to be watched because I was never because I was trying to take down the conservatorship he is uh he has turned on you in a second which is why I never trusted him Two, dad wants to resign and has for some time now. He would like to quit wasting time and money and all the lying lawyers and be able to directly speak with you to assure no one is speaking for you and that will make his resignation process go a lot faster because dad has been aware of the relationship between mom, mom's lawyers, and Sam, so he just wants wanted to speak to himself to make sure everything being said and done by them was truly what you wanted, but Sam will not allow dad to speak to you at all, which only drags out this legal process for you and that clearly benefits Sam because he gets more money the longer he can keep this going, which is why I believe Sam is supporting mom and her lawyers, creating more reasons to stay in court over money and other issues that have nothing to do with dad being removed as conservator of your estate, which I assume is what you're wanting the most. Three, I actually spoke to dad and he's more than willing to agree to drop all this extra legal crap, extra lawyers and extra court dates that they keep creating only for you to keep getting denied and letting you down each time. If you're willing to speak with him and start the actual legal process of getting what you want, then dad is on board with that as well. Four, I have nothing to gain or lose in this situation no matter what happens with the conservatorship, but I am sick of seeing this whole thing just keep going in circles, so I figured I should see what I could do to help. I am upset that it's led 
uh, led to me not speaking to mom, but I think it's the right thing to do for now so you know everything and aren't constantly being fed bullshit. I have no reason to send this to you other than that. I love you and I'm trying to help. I'm here if you need anything. Love you. She didn't get a response from that whole message, but if that message, if we were to believe that that message is true and that she did send that message to Brittany and everything she said and it was, was said and whether Brittany read it or not, I don't know. I think Jamie Lynn realized it was a problem, tried to get involved, and there may have been some pushback, and she got scared and didn't want to and didn't try any harder. Like I, she, I almost think she had to pick between Brittany and her parents, and that's that's a very hard, that's a very hard choice when you're always kind of quote unquote maybe the neglected kid, and you maybe you've built a better relationship with your parents, and now. Your parents are fighting. Mom and dad are taking each other to court. Now now mom's trying to take dad out and and they're going into more court battles that I think like there's a pen- potential there for her to be scared about pissing off her parents that she didn't want to get involved anymore. Right. And as much as someone can be manipulated by their parents or think that their parents treat them like shit or whatever it is, if you're still in contact with your parents, you're always going to think of them as your parents. Right. right? You're always going to be like, well, they're my parents. Right. And like she's like, I actually spoke to dad, which immediately like that's a red flag in my mind because I don't trust a single thing that comes out of Jamie Spears. mouth. So if Jamie Spears realizes realizes like, ooh, maybe I can go through Jamie Lynn to get to Britney. Then I can do that because during this time, like he was still trying to get as much money out of this as possible. Mm -hmm. Like he was still trying to make sure that like his lawyer fees were going to be paid for by Britney's conservatorship. So it it all once again. And then I, I really do think that she just did not do like, I just don't think she really thoroughly understood what was happening. Yeah. And does she get, you know, can you, blame her for that sure but i just think like right like in her mind not in her mind she tried to help yes and and i think at some point how much can she do to help right right how much can she try to help we don't even know what's true what's not right like jamie lynn could say a million times i told her she needed to get a new lawyer i told her she didn't try like that lawyer was bad she needed to get a a new lawyer well it was really hard for her to get a new lawyer like that whole process we talked about for mm-hmm. so long because it took her so long to finally get that new lawyer. Yeah. The whole thing's insane, extremely personal and deep. And the fact that everyone knows this much about their family at this point, I feel sorry for all of them. I don't feel bad for, you know, the dad yeah. and, the, and the mom at this point. But I just feel sorry as a whole that their entire family is collapsing before everyone's eyes. And I just think like that sometimes they're living in la la land a little bit like in that and she showed another screenshot of texts from november 12th december 2nd december 3rd she said to Brittany, i've really been digging to figure out how to help you and i looked into the details of whatever treatment place they put you in that i never knew about i was able to find out that sam ingram your lawyer was the one that looked into it and i believe even toward it and said it was the best place for you to go I don't know if you knew that, but I was very surprised by that information. I'm going to keep trying to contact you and help you even if you never respond, even if you never respond. I have proof of this as well, so you can have all the information you need. And then December 2nd, 2020, she said, happy birthday. We love you. December 3rd, she said, please call me. And then I think she had said later she had gotten response from Brittany about her sending, Jamie Lynn sending a birthday present to the house for Brittany. And so she's like, I don't know if Brittany even read any of the messages that I had sent her before but like this is where I'm like they just 
sometimes I think they just blindly are trusting the people around them, these teams. For like, even in part one when Jamie Lynn was like, they'd sent me to this cabin. Yeah. It's like, how did you, how did you then, and how do you not even care now to be like, so where did I go? Right. Right? Like, you're saying I was just, she's like, yeah, I was sent to this cabin outside New York. Could have been Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. I have no idea. It's like, you have no, like, no one does what I'm saying. I just think that they lived in this world where no one told them anything. For her to say, like, I looked into this treatment place that you put you, that they put you in. It's like, they just don't know what's going on. Yeah, the the whole thing, I, I wish that they would just take it offline and somehow speak to each other. It's going to be sad because I will almost put a guarantee on it because this just came out that Brittany will have some kind of She's response, have response. On, on social media, whether it's today or this weekend or something. But there is going to be something that she says that we aren't able to talk about because um, it'll happen after we finish recording. But Jamie Lynn ended it with like, this sucks. I want my family to be a family. Like, look at what's happened to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone has a lawyer. Lo- this person has a lawyer. This person has a lawyer. This person has a lawyer. I just want to be a family. And um, Alex asked her, you know, you're saying you want this all to be private, uh, but your people are going to criticize you because look where you are. You're, you know, yeah. you're doing a public interview. And she was like, yeah, I'm doing this because I want to shut it down. Like, I want this to be the last time and I never have to talk about it again. And she clearly felt uncomfortable sharing those texts. She's talked about how, like, she doesn't want to get in trouble. She's nervous. She had to talk to her lawyers about being able to share those. And will that be a problem? Because they've been throwing cease and desist letters at each other. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we said all that we can say about this whole thing at this point. Right. It's like, yeah, Brittany's going to respond. We're going to see that probably this weekend and it's, yeah it's just gotten heartbreaking no i said that earlier yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking just to think about your family imploding in front of the entire world and, yeah and for them to not have a home base and to just not have a family in general at this point like their yeah. family is just totally disassembled in every way yeah and hopefully one day down the line they can come together but it's just not looking that way soon i have one final remark where is their brother no idea Right, like no, I could. Do not they talk even, to him? I couldn't even make a guess. Is he involved in any way? Like, do they have any relationship with their brother? I didn't even know they had a brother. Yeah, Brian, I, I older have, brother, older than Brittany. I have no idea. Like, where in the world is Brian Spears? Don't know. Don't know. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> I just like at this point. Good for him. Yeah, he clearly is not a, not a part of of all this. But yeah, the all week long this has been going on, and it's just. It's probably going to continue, but hopefully we can find out somewhat. Like, I'm hoping Brittany's like, I'm going to talk to Jamie Lynn, and that's the end of it, but it probably won't. We have a great interview with Laura Morano coming up, but if saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2022, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. But going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. 
All plans come with unlimited text and talk, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data that you never use. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash chicks. That's mintmobile.com slash chicks. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chicks. All right, everyone, we are here with a very special guest. We are joined by Laura Morano. She has a new Netflix movie coming out, The Royal Treatment. By the time this airs, it will actually yes, people be, will be able to watch yeah, it. It will be out, but we are so excited yeah. to have you on the show, and we're very excited to watch this movie. It seems right up our alley. Yeah. Oh, this makes me so happy. I'm so excited that it's coming out, out wherever yes. you are listening. <laughs> yes. I have been a part of this movie since, like, I, I got sent a script in like the fall of 2019. So the fact that it's finally out and people can watch makes me so happy. It brings me so much happiness. I'm, I'm very proud of it and I'm excited. Yes. So this, the movie is called the Royal treatment. Um, when we, when we were setting up this interview, one, we had been fans of you already. And then they were like, Oh, she's, she's promoting her new Netflix movies called the Royal treatment. And I was like, Oh boy, I'm going to like this already. <laughs> I meet like watched each other. and was like, Oh, Girl, regular girl and prince sign me up like i probably have watched every right like no, girl meets prince movie out there it's it's my favorite it's a it's a subgenre and it's one of my favorite subgenres. but wait i feel like you're missing a detail um regular girl and prince from made-up country yes because right. it's always a made-up country yes very yes. important detail and this filmed in new zealand correct yes and one of my favorite things is Anyone who has watched the movie uh, has been like, where is this? Because you don't really see, you know, the typical kind of made-up country uh, movies are usually filmed in Europe. And originally, we were going to film this in Europe, um, and, you know, uh, with the castles in England or somewhere in the UK or maybe even Romania. And then COVID happened. And honestly, a big reason why we went to New Zealand was because they had like zero COVID at the time. And we found a castle, like we Googled, literally Googled like castles in New Zealand um, and found this place in the South Island. And it's, I'm excited about it because I feel like you don't typically see a made up country um, look like this before. Like literally people watch it and it's like so stunning and beautiful and who knows geography-wise where this yeah. <laughs> is. It's not important. It's in its own kind of um, continent that we don't speak of. Yeah. Uh, that so so give us a little bit of the rundown for everyone listening of what your who your character is and what your role is and what kind of, you know, don't you obviously don't give it away, but what the, what ha- what goes down for this movie? I mean the 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 plot twist, the yes. twist of first of the regular girl meets Prince uh, from a made of country movie. Yeah, so it is the Royal Treatment is a romantic comedy about my character Izzy, who is a New York hairstylist. How to do a New York accent? Um, we will talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Yeah. And I end up um, getting the opportunity to do the hair and makeup for the royal wedding of a certain Prince Thomas of Lavania. They always end in Ia as well. Oh, wait. Because you always oh, think of Genovia. Genovia. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, like, that's well, probably the top of the list of fake 
countries. And we actually referenced Genovia in the movie. Oh. Like we were, we were very aware of, of that. the fact that there have been movies like this before. And yeah. I love the fact that there's kind of a Netflix multiverse situation, mm-hmm. right? You have Aldovia, you have Belgravia, Aldovia and the Christmas Prince, mm-hmm. Belgravia, Princess Switch. So we like reference those movies as well. Um, and I just, that brings me so I much happiness. But essentially, right, Izzy, my character, you know, goes to Lavania with her two salon mates, friends, um, Grace and or Lola and Destiny, uh, who are played by Grace and Chelsea. And, uh, you know, there's there are sparks between Izzy and Prince Thomas, but he's the one getting married because it's an arranged Scandal. marriage. It's, it's what are they going to do? Their sparks are very real, but she's a professional, so, and he has duty. It's a whole thing. It's a yes. whole thing. <laughs> very Princess Diaries. I love it. But opposite. They're- but op- yes, but switch. Yeah, around. yeah. Uh, you mentioned the New York accent that you had to do. What was that like for you? How did you learn it? Because it's very, like, stereotypical, right? You hear it and you're like, that's a New well, York accent. I, well, you have to understand, like, I have a lot of family in New York. So mm-hmm. I have a bunch of family in the Bronx. So essentially when I first got sent the script, um, I love Izzy. I love the character. And I was like, can we make her, can we just make her family seem like my family in New York? Um, so I particularly feel so bonded and connected to this role and connected to this movie because it just, I love my New York family very much. And so it feels, I feel like this is a little bit of an ode to them. Um, and I was petrified about doing the accent though because I have all this family in the Bronx and in New York. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to embarrass them. And so literally, you know, I worked with a dialect coach from New York. I worked with a dialect coach in New Zealand who was uh, handling all the accents in the film because we have a lot of accents <laughs> in the film. Um, and then I would actually FaceTime my cousin, Olivia. Shout out Olivia. Yeah. Um, like all, all the time and like record our conversations of me doing the lines. Um, and because I, I didn't want to do a really intense, over the top, like stereotypical accent, um, but I wanted it to be there. And I also felt like, Throughout the movie, a majority of the movie is in Lavania. And what feels quite realistic is when you are in a country that has a different accent, you do your natural accent does fade a little bit, which very much happened to me in New Zealand while I was doing a New York accent. It was very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, the accent gets a little bit more subtle as the film goes, but I do think it's going to be a little intense for fans or for people who know me and know my regular voice, where the beginning, I think the first 10, 15 minutes, you're going to be like, what <laughs> is happening? Who is this woman? Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it definitely, it was a lot. I've never done an accent before. I've always been very insecure about doing accents, um, but I, I am... I, I mean, I am proud of being able to at least try to do it. Um, and I have heard a lot of great feedback from my friends on the East Coast who have watched the trailer. They're like, it sounds legit. And I'm like, well, you know, watch the movie first. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited I got to do it because it was like something I'm not used to and it pushed me out of my comfort zone, which I think mm. was really exciting for me to do. I feel like it's almost harder and I don't know for sure but to do an accent from a different state rather than like a British accent right because a British accent is so different whereas like California to New York it's different but like 
slightly. There's just like something a little different about it. No, it's funny. It, it, yes, yes and no, for sure. I think, again, because I have – every time I do go to the Bronx and I go to New York, I feel like I start talking like that anyway because I'm around my family mm-hmm. there. Um, so it was like – there were parts that were definitely a little bit in my blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually was – if I were to do any accent for the first time for a part, I'm glad it was New York, even though I do agree as well that there are plenty of challenges because there's also an East Coast accent. There's a lot of different levels. Like Boston yeah. is different from Jersey, which is different from the Bronx, which is different from another part of New York. You know what I mean? So it's like there are a bunch of different aspects. So it was challenging for sure. But in other aspects, I felt very connected to it as well, which made it um, – not necessarily easier, but I guess feel um, feel easier. Whether or not it actually was, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're very excited to see because that yes, it is. It's challenging, but it's also fun. Everybody wants to be good at it. That's like a skill that everybody wants to have: being good at doing other sister, accents. My, my sister's so good at it. My sister yeah. is like a freak. Um, I don't know why she's so good. I, I I don't also. I love how I said it that way. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did she get that skill? Yeah. <laughs> that um so you're yeah. yeah, you're also a producer on this movie, which is which is very cool and can you like explain to us what exactly that entails? Because we get it's like, oh, she starred and produced. Well, it's like what what really makes that so different? Yeah, I I think obviously as a producer, there's many different ways to fill that role. Um I am a major control freak, so I fill it in a way that maybe some other people might not fill it. Um, but my mom, sister, and I produced this film with an incredible New Zealand producer named Chloe Smith. Shout out, Chloe, which I kind of love. All the producers are female. Um, mm-hmm. And we had produced another movie before called Saving Zoe, which could not be more different than this film. Saving Zoe is like rated R and very like feeling indie movie about grief and online sexual exploitation, which is a very important subject, but is definitely not a rom-com. It was, there was nothing rom-com about that movie. Um, And to go from that to now the Royal treatment just makes me happy because I love how different they are. And they both were very different experiences, even on like a, a budget scale. Right. So you know, the budgets were completely different, which um, was something that we were dealing with and aware of as producers, very much involved in the creative. So, uh, you know, how this project even came to be, I got this script and worked on it with our incredible writer, Holly Hester. So we worked on it, you know, for a couple months before we sent it to Netflix. And then Netflix wanted to do it, which was amazing. Um, And have been such incredible partners. I will talk forever about how I would love to work with them forever and ever. Um, hoping that someone from Netflix is listening to this interview. <laughs> um, but essentially then when COVID hit, uh, you know, it made things a little bit difficult. So again, as producers, it was a little bit up to us to figure out how do we make this film? Um, so, you know, we kind of brought up the New Zealand aspect. I, uh, I definitely, originally we weren't necessarily going to have a producer on the ground 
and this has been an incredible experience of I'm so thankful that for whatever reason and all the things that happened we ended up with Chloe who's our New Zealand producer um because I definitely think filming in another country you need someone right. on the ground who is on a creative and logistical level as a producer um because you obviously will have a line producer or, or other aspects like that um which again are really vital important parts of the crew but I think if we were just three Americans who went to New Zealand who're like let's produce a movie I I think that would be more challenging than um it was because we had Chloe who was incredible because like rules are completely different there mm-hmm. they don't have unions so it's like all of that on a logistic level you are and can deal with as a producer so having someone who knows about all the rules and know about different things um like Chloe was so helpful. Um so from filming the movie, you finished filming the movie and this is probably one of the biggest I mean there's a bunch of differences between being an actor and a producer, but this is one of my favorite parts about doing both is as an actor once you film the movie, you're kind of like done. Um you don't have control over how it turns out. You don't I have a say which sometimes that can be a, a good thing. Um and it's funny my sister who's an actress as well we talked about this she after we did our movie saving Zoe, we both did film so we didn't produce and she was like I loved it. I was like I don't have to do anything. <laughs> and I was so the opposite. I was like oh wait I'm like like jonesing to like yeah. know more and be more and help control how it goes. And so when we finish filming the royal treatment then we go into editing. So the director has his cut first and then we have our producer cut. So we were like very very involved in the post production as well. I have seen this film and my face and a noxious amount of times <laughs> to the point where I'm like I have heard this accent too many times. <laughs> um and so you know truly kind of like you hear this phrase all the time and I know it's a bit overused but it really does feel like your blood sweat and tears is mm-hmm. in a project um and that's very real with this I I think the worst part about I mean there's a lot of challenging parts but the worst part being a producer is you definitely never feel like you're finished like for me I'm like if we had way more time and more money I would do even more things and all these different things um but you know you need to finish at one point to release the movie so it, it it's definitely an all encompassing job but it can be different for different people because some people can just do creative and just do creative for a certain point on um, just do logistics so producer looks different um in different times and as an actor or an actress it is really challenging to do both like i certainly could not just be a sole producer and an actor i was going to um, ask that that yeah <laughs> would not go well um you definitely having a team is important so i'm so thankful to the whole host of producers my mom my sister and chloe i mean were incredible and vital to the whole process yeah how, how did you um did you now in that role do you get a a say in who gets to play your prince? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, I was, I, you know, I keep saying this, and I, I feel like I always also keep correcting myself because I'm like, I don't want it to sound like it was just on me because everyone was very into this idea. But I was, like, low-key the one who, like, sent Mina's name, and I was like, he was the top of my list to play the prince. You could take credit. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely, like... 
I feel like as soon as everyone saw that name, everyone was like, yes, like yeah. we are so into this. Um, so it was a pretty unanimous decision. Um, but I was, yeah, I was like, love Mina, love him. I think he's so great in Aladdin. And, you know, I obviously hadn't met him before. Um, and we didn't meet until, you know, we were in the movie because COVID and all the different reasons. So he's lovely. And I'm so excited and so grateful that he was able to do the movie because I think he adds so much. I think all our actors, like, like honestly, I'm so grateful for all the actors we have. Most of the actors are New Zealand actors and they are so talented and so good <laughs> and so sweet. It was, we really just have a really great, incredible batch of um, people in this film. It, very lucky feel yeah. very very lucky it's amazing to hear how involved you really are because like you said the producer title really means different things for so many people sometimes you'll see a name you're like they were a producer on this and they're just getting the credit and they weren't really that involved but it seems like you were super involved in this and you've been uh in this business for basically your entire life since you were very young uh do you feel like you picked up on a lot of things to help you in that producer role as you kind of grew up in this industry? Oh, for sure. And I also just want to say, you know, again, like you said, like everyone kind of does it differently. I also think some people have such a big name that just their name helps a project. I don't think I have that luxury at this point. So I feel like I have to help um, actually be involved as well. And I enjoy it as well. But like you said, I've been in this business for a long time and I've seen incredible people, especially incredible women, like rock sets. I One of my biggest examples is Sarah Silverman. I worked on the Sarah Silverman program who, you know, obviously starred Sarah and she was like such an integral, important part of the whole creative, of the whole show and was just such an incredible human. Um, I still think she's an incredible human. Uh, and I feel, I worked on that show when I was in what, like fourth grade. So I was like nine. And honestly seeing her and seeing her in the role that she was in, um, both as an actress, but also as a creative and a producer and running the show and all the things. You know, she had an incredible team behind her. I, the director, Rob, was amazing that he was, I think he directed every episode of the show, or at least every episode that I was a part of. Um, so it was an amazing team of people who were working with her, but she was like, she was a boss. She was incredible to watch and observe. And I think honestly really helped form my idea of what I can do as a girl or as a woman in this business. Because of course there are, as we all know, like such limitations and it's getting way better, but there's a long history of sexism in this industry and in, in the world. But I think as a young girl, seeing a woman be a boss and handle it well and just be an incredible leader for me was like, oh, I can I can learn to do this and maybe grow up to do what she's doing. Yeah, that's really cool. And on t on top of that, like now you have been also able to do this with your with your family, with your sister, with your mother. Um, how what is the process of working together like? Because you know sometimes missing mixing business and family can get a little messy. Hundred percent. Which, by the way, funny enough, Sarah had her sister Laura on the show as well. So yeah. I think that obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. was if I had to. It was. It is hard. It's hard. I mean, I think we have a really good dynamic, and we're also constantly working on our dynamic together. I think the hardest thing that I've always been open about, and we talk about all the time, is 
finding your individual identity can be tough when you're working with your family, especially because, you know, I'm the youngest. I sometimes feel when I'm working with them that I fall into that younger sister, youngest baby role. Um, and in my other aspects of my career, when I'm just by myself, I'm very not that. So I, I think sometimes that is for me, my biggest struggle, which we talk about literally all the time. Um, I know they have other struggles too, that we're just, the key for us is because we're so honest and transparent with each other. Um, we, and I was going to say very Italian. So like yeah, sometimes yeah. we can yeah. get very intense. And my mom is not even full Italian. She's like a part Italian, but um, we can just definitely get very intense with each other. Um, and other people be like, whoa, yep. what's going on? Like, oh, we're good. Like, this is just how we Yeah, you're fine in two minutes. <laughs> totally. I think we have had to regroup and be like, we probably can't do that with people that we don't yeah. know very well. <laughs> that seems very intense. But, you know, uh, they are such incredible, like, they're so talented by themselves, my mom and my sister. They have such knowledge. My sister is not only an amazing actress, but an amazing writer. My mom has been in the business for like decades and decades and decades. So I, we I, we all kind of feel like just we're really amazing collaborators together and bring a lot of different things to the table. Um, and I know for me, like this movie is what it is because we all did it together. So I can't imagine... It, doing it without them and I think we do make a good team but it's hard it's hard you like yeah. wanna wanna like kill each other half the time yeah. um we almost it, not actually but it came up for budget reasons to potentially quarantine in the same room when we were in New Zealand um and we all were like no <laughs> yeah. two weeks in one hotel room with the right three of right us, that yeah. I will I will dip into my own pockets <laughs> to make sure I'm that like, that doesn't happen. Like, I'm like, let's wait. Let's talk yeah. about this. In uh, some aspect, it must be kind of nice, though, to work with them because even though you guys, like, gets very intense, we both come from very Italian mm -hmm. families, so we know what that's like. But at the same time, you're like, I could talk to her however I want, and I know that this is going to be okay later on. Honestly, that is a really good point, and that's very true. Like, I think we all know, and we have to remember that is not the rest of the people that we're not feeling yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think exactly, like, there's this comfort level and this security that we know at the end of the day, we love each other. And so we can get pressure with each other and disagree and have all of these different um, things happen, but we still love each other, and we never have to worry about that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anything... I think the biggest thing is like, like literally, I was going to say physically and literally, and by the way, neither word works metaphorically. <laughs> um, having those different hats of like, right now I'm your producer, producing partner and like your peer in this. And then right now I'm your, you know, daughter or sister. Um, I think it's important because that is another aspect that can sometimes be tough of like that professionalism of like mm -hmm. how we act together, which is one of our strengths. Um, I can also be one of our weaknesses, right? We act together how we would not act with anyone else because we are family. Absolutely. Uh, so last month you had a pretty big milestone. I saw you guys were celebrating on Instagram and t Twitter that it was the uh, 10 year anniversary of the first episode of uh, Austin and Allie airing. 
which is crazy. It's crazy that much time has passed. How was that for you? And how did you kind of like even even celebrate that moment? Um, well, first of all, time is insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, definitely I'm in my mid twenties and that for sure is a weird time where all of a sudden, especially being in the business for so long and all the different uh, fun uh, ageism that happens in the entertainment industry. I, this was the first year where I was like, I feel old. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly the 10 year anniversary did not help with that. Yeah. Um, but it also was so special. Uh, Austin and Allie is a show that changed my life. And Great is, show. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Show I'm very proud of. And was another really incredible experience. Like, I mean, I talk about working with family. It felt like we all, whether it's the four of us or even the whole crew, we all became family from that show. Um, so, you know, I, I think about all the time how much I do miss that, you know, going to work and seeing your family, seeing people that you connect with and work really well with and um, feel quite close to. So it's such an amazing experience in all senses of all levels of that experience that, you know, having the fact that fans still also connect with it like I think that is what kind of blew me away a little bit was like it's 10 years later 10 years after the first episode and you know I was like we should do a spaces to um you know Rainy Ross and Caleb and everyone's like what spaces and like, it's a Twitter <laughs> thing. I'm like like trust me let's do it um and I really didn't know how it turned out and we like we were like top the top three trend in the United States and like started trending worldwide as well and to see that fans are still so excited about the show and still so um connected to it 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 means a lot like it's it's just a it's a crazy almost bizarre feeling of this was something I'm so thankful for and I had so much fun with and the fact that it also connected to you know how many people it connected to is um just I, I I don't know I just feel really grateful for it you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah that's great to hear because you never you never really know with uh, past Disney shows and other people that were on Disney everybody comes out having a different experience it feels like yeah. totally that, I think yes. this I, I was gonna say this show like specifically I just felt like with uh, with Austin and Allie Everybody, you you all as a unit just seems so close. Mm-hmm. And so always spoke so positively about the show, yeah. which is great. And now with all these streaming services, obviously people go back and watch. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll go back and watch old episodes of every Disney show that I've ever watched on, on Disney Channel. And then you have the younger crowd who are now watching these shows for the first time. It's bizarre. I and mean, it's literally like Disney Plus has uh, created a whole new yep. group of fans who were... <laughs> Some who were not alive when the first episode came out, yes. which that also blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> there are now 10. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's bizarre. And listen, I think at the end of the day, of course, like uh, 100%, I mean, it's a, it is a bigger conversation. Like there are challenges that come with being on a kid's show and, you know, working on that. And I do think the four of us, one, were old enough like Ross and I were the youngest and we were 15 and then um Caleb and Rainey I should know this I can't remember if Rainey had was an adult yeah I think she was or she was 17 I should know how yeah. <laughs> off the top of my head um but uh, you know I think sometimes that can help I uh, just on a maturity level aspect I mean I also think beyond that we all came in wanting the show to work like I think 
rainy Calum and I, and even Ross, even though he hadn't done many shows before, but he was a performer. Like he, you know, grew up in the dance world and works really, really hard. I think all of us were like, this is a job. We know this is a job. Um, and we want this to be a good experience and work. And so we lucked out because we all had that mentality. And then it just so happened that we did another kind of lucked out thing, like really enjoy each other's company. Right. So, you know, even if we didn't really connect with each other, I think it still would have been an, an amazing set and a great set because we were all like, we're going to make this a great experience. Um, and we're thankful to have a job. Um, but because we also on top of that did actually really like each other and liked each other the whole time. Like I definitely heard experiences of people who didn't really click when they first met. And then as the show went on, like bonded or the opposite people who like really clicked in the beginning. And then as the show went on, like, grew apart or like you know yeah you know you yeah. do see these people like yeah. hours and hours growing up together yeah and it is easy to be like oh like it's a family kind of vibe but i will say that kind of never happened with us like we connected and loved each other um in the first season and in the second season <laughs> and in the third season and in our last season like if we could have done a fifth season i think we all would have been down i think we were ready i, I know for me and I-, I think all of us felt that like it was it was time to to be done, but also we talk all about all about this all the time. Like we'd love to do a reunion movie or something. Yeah. Oh my god, we would be a hundred percent, a million percent down. Oh well, I, th- the fans would also love that as well. I think that's like because we do live in such a world now where like shows end and then immediately you want the satisfaction of seeing them all back yeah. together, whether it's one year, two year, three year, four. So you know, you put together a. a 11 year special do it next year um people would yeah, yeah, I know. people would freak out oh yeah you know it's we'll still take 11 yeah you could say it's the 10 year <laughs> the 10 year anniversary from the second season <laughs> airing and then you'll be good no one will ask any questions <laughs> yeah i mean everyone knows the second season was the season yeah exactly <laughs> that's when you guys really when you really took off so that's where you should celebrate um but Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. We're so excited for the royal treatment to come out. Um, we're so excited that hopefully Netflix, yes, let's keep making these movies. I didn't really get to talk about it as much, but I loved The Perfect Date. So I feel like you're <laughs> you're logging them. You know, you're logging them. You're getting those Netflix rom-coms in and they, they'll start, they'll turn those out. So you can this is, take that role I, for all, for everyone. I'm excited because this is one of my first roles ever where I'm an adult. Yeah. Um, so that's like exciting because obviously the perfect date and most, a lot of roles I've done, I was in high school, but this, like I own my own salon. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm still 17 owning my salon. I'm not. But, like, She's a grown up. I'm, yep. very, yeah. I'm a grown up. Yeah. It's very exciting. Thank you guys so much. This was so lovely. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. So we much. were so happy to talk to you and everyone can, now watch the royal treatment on Netflix yes. on your you know phone TV computer wherever you have Netflix. Uh, Laura, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Have such a great day. You too. All right, that wraps up today's episode of Chicks in the Office. And make sure you tune in again on Monday and subscribe to wherever you listen to our show. We love you guys and have a great weekend. And another reminder, once again, the LA Live Show tickets are still on sale. We want to see your beautiful faces out there. So make sure you go buy those tickets. They're in the link in the description. Hopefully we'll see you there.